So I guess what I'm getting at is for anybody who wants favoritism, who wants to get squatted differently when the weather is shitty, be an RO, be a CRO, and offer to work, and that could be there yours you as well. <laughs> and there's the answer right there. So what yeah. what did you what schedule did you shoot last week? Uh, Saturday PM, Sunday AM. Okay, that's probably the best one you could do. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it rained a, a heartbeat, but not much. If it did, I, I could be misremembering. Right. Uh, we, did, we did have stages that were still underwater. Of course, you're still shooting in the muck. Uh, you know, regardless, and everybody shot in the muck. I want to be clear about that. Like on those stages, yeah. everybody. But no, I did not shoot in the active rain. Uh, if I did at all, it was not anywhere near the extent that everybody, the people on Thursday and the first half of Friday did. Now, have you shot anything other than USPSA and three gun? And I'll still challenge as part of USPSA. So, uh, pro amp. Okay. Uh, went, went into curse, uh, 21 and a few before that, uh, Man, you want to talk about management and stuff being weird. That's a great example. Oof. Like it's changed owners, I think, twice in the past five years, six years. Uh, I think USPSA was talking about buying it at one point, and it just fell out the wayside. For those of you who don't know, Pro-Am is a falling steel event. It's part-time, 10-round magazines, and uh, shoot as many steel as you can within the part-time. And uh, that's your score. It's a great event, easy to set up, easy to play. And it's pro is playing for money. You know, you win a stage, you get X dollars. You win the match, you get a lot more dollars. Uh, and then on the AM, it's random draw price table, I think is how they used to run it. But uh, held in Florida a lot. Uh, I think uh, Extreme GM owns the rights to it currently. I don't know if they've held a match recently or not. I haven't been paying attention. But yeah, pro am still challenge, USPSA three gun. No, I've never played in NRL 22 or PRS at all. Like I said, I'm not a rifle shooter. I have a CZ 457, you know, the PRS style 22. Love that gun for screwing around on my property and, uh, and squirrel hunting. But uh, otherwise, no. I I had to decide a long time ago to give up three gun because I realized I can be either really, really good with pistol in this application you know, and, and devote my resources, my time, energy, money, ammo to this, or I can dilute that those resources across three platforms. And especially with three gun, having a higher cost to entry, higher cost to participate, higher cost to travel to, because you have to check three firearms, not just one or two, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. I, I gave that up a long time ago and it's, uh, it's cool. I love watching the three gunners, but when it comes to someone with my mindset of, of wanting to win, you know, that's the goal going into it. Uh, would I, could I do it? Of course, you know, may, may I do it uh, at some point in the future? Sure. I, I, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not anti, uh, it's a shooting sport. Hey, I'll, I'll think about it, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty focused on USPSA like activities because of my investment interests and skill set. Now, you mentioned um, Pro-Am and, and pros winning money. Did you consider the Prairie Fire rank competition? Uh, I make my schedule in like January, December of the previous year. And mm. uh, by the time the Prairie Fire rank stuff had come about, 
I'd already had commitments made. Uh, could I be talked into it? Probably. But with it being that far out west and not really being my style, it's not something that I'm jumping for joy to go try. Uh, but I could be wrong. I should probably look into what it actually, you know, I remember being told what it entails and, and so keep in mind, one of the benefits of someone like me doing something like USPSA is that it's got an established rule set. It's a known quantity. I know what I'm walking into. Uh, whenever you have a new organization, you know, it, it, I, I'm not, I'm not low strung. I'm, I'm closer to high strung than, than not. So, you know, to walk, answer this question by telling a story. I shot a mission 22 three gun match many years ago, many moons ago, 16, 17 timeframe. And, uh, they had a stage gun. So you say, you say stage gun to somebody who doesn't know, like, Oh yeah, it's a prop gun. You get to shoot this gun on the, that sounds great. That sounds amazing. I get to shoot something new, something different, but it was on the clock. So now you're testing me on something that I'm not familiar with. That is not even my ammo, my gun, my scope, my zero. And you're having it be a part of my score. And Mission 22 does some amazing things. My favorite trophy to this day is that trophy from that match because it's a blasted piece of steel with the Mission 22 logo exploded into it. Okay, I'll have to find it and show you maybe while we're on the podcast. But anyway, it was this beautiful 308 with a decent scope on it shooting at an AC zone target at I think 250 to 300. And they say, yeah, you're going to start off, run, grab the rifle, chamber the round, and shoot this target. You have two rounds to do it. Okay. Well, first of all, it was Greek surplus. So it was light strikes for half the shooters. Mm. They had to get reshoots. Okay. That's whatever. Hey, I get it. It's sponsored ammo. You, you roll with it. My problem is that I asked, is it zeroed? Like what's the zero? What's the hold? And they say, oh, we zeroed it this morning. Hold high. What does that mean? Bingo. Thank you for answer for answering my question. You're welcome. I'm not, I'm not trying to show, throw shade. I'm, I'm probably misreporting mis some of these facts here, but that's my recollection of it is it's zero this morning, hold high. And I missed both shots. My fault? Almost definitely. I have no problem taking that, taking that L, you know, you know, from six years ago. Uh, and then it turned into a, what's my recourse? Like, Hey, like what's like, I don't think this was right. And then it turns into blah, blah, blah. Are you calling me a liar? And we all know how those conversations go after you hit that point. It's no one wins. Uh, so, yeah. I wanna, so to answer your question, I like USPSA and IPSC because of the <laughs> rule book. I, I like it because I know what I'm walking into. I don't have to know anybody there. I don't have to know who runs the place. I just have to know the rule book. I just have to know what I'm expecting and operate within it um, and not be a dick. Uh, if I follow those things, if I, if I take – those three things, those few things into account, I'm probably going to have a good time with my time, money and energy that I've spent to attend it because I spent a lot of money on this. Like, and that's not to say I'm entitled to anything. That's to say that I have expenses with this. So if I'm going to travel to out West, especially, I need to know that what I'm attending is worth the time. You know, if I drive, I'm going to shoot that local match, that night match tomorrow. If it turns into it, uh, can I cuss on the podcast? Yeah. Okay, if it turns into a shit show tomorrow, I'm an hour from home. I've spent twenty five dollars, you know, in 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 or you know, under fifty bucks in in all of, all expense. 
it's not that big of a deal. If I go out west somewhere and it turns into a shit show, I'm out, you know, up to two grand. You know, I, right. That, 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 that's more than that's more than fifty bucks. <laughs> so, right. You know, that comes it it, it it comes into play for someone who shoots as much as I do. I, I like I like knowing that um, people like Nils. You know, they they first of all, he's right next to one of the greatest three gun. Uh, ranges on, on, in America, but like, he's been in three gun for a long time. He knows that metric. That's what he does for a living. It's great. I'm not throwing shade at Prairie fire uh, rank or, or three gun in any way, shape or form. Any of it is just with the math I have in front of me. And the fact I have to make my schedule with these goals. And usually those goals are regarding USPSA nationals and about world shoot. I only have so much of me and my bank account to spread around for things that are known quantity. I only bring it up because they were shooting for money. Tim yeah. Yackley won 50 K Nils won 20 K Joe Farwell won 10, I believe. Yeah. And, and, and if I hadn't, uh, uh, already been scheduled, I, I made that, that, that probably would have convinced me. I, I went off on this wonderful tangent just now before like, I'm <laughs> out there. Uh, and, yeah, it's. I don't know. I would I like to win money in this. Of course, who wouldn't? But I don't know. It's. Uh, I, I know for a fact that the scheduling for that was not conducive to something I had going on at the time. Uh, well, in it came out later. I mean, they didn't announce until a few months prior, like two to three months prior. So there wasn't a whole lot of time. So I totally get not being able to work it into your schedule, especially. Mm us being closer to the East coast and it was in Texas. And now it'll, if they do it again, it'll be in Nevada. So even further away. Yeah. All right. So I want to go back. I want to go back to something else, John. Yeah. You said your first major match, you were, um, um, bot, not bodybuilding, um, powerlifting. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, did you or have you? So we're kind of we're kind of switching into training talk now. Have you done any specific workouts for practical shooting, whether it be explosive movements or agility, anything like that, to to help you physically on the stage? No, um, but that's mainly because I'm a lazy ass. <laughs> these days uh, i'm trying to change that i have plans to change that this next next year uh last year the 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 photo you have above my head right now by the way is great because that's the lightest weight i've been in like 10 years uh going into being at world shoot last year um i was at like a buck 85 buck 80 going into that match and uh felt really good i'm glad i did you know i'm, I'm about 10 pounds heavier than that now but uh i like to say that powerlifting gave me the initial edge uh, it, it gave me an advantage in physicality when I did not yet have the discipline and uh, focus and uh, control uh, to take advantage of, to, to be good, I guess. You know, like it, I, I, I had, I was really good physically and like yeah, upper A class, you know, maybe low master physicality wise. And that allowed me to, to hit above my pay grade because I had an advantage in one area. I was very explosive. I could hit positions, stop real fast 
and start shooting. You know, I, I was just explosive as hell. Uh, and that has since evened out in the advantage where I've gained more control. I've gained more discipline. I've gained uh, more accuracy. And I, I, you know, I'm less, I am less set back. I have average physicality now, but it's above average shooting of the rest of it. So it evens out. Or you know, Now, if I were able to get back to that level of physicality, I'm sure it would help my scores. Would it help me an appreciable amount? Who knows? Let's find out. Uh, but no, I do not do anything specific. Uh, what's funny is, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you be the first to know. I tallied up my round count for this year. Uh, I actually kept track and I'll, I'll post pictures of my stupid three by five card tracker. Whenever I got done training, uh, I have my own range, uh, but I'm limited by work travel. I travel for my job for Mark seven. Uh, so during the week, you know, about half the time I'll be gone during at least part of the week uh, during the, during the year. But uh, I, uh, I kept track and I have fired on my tracker. This is around you know, plus or minus 500 rounds. Plus or minus a thousand, we'll even say. Okay. You know, on this. But I have fired since March 16th to end of Ipsic Nationals. I have fired 31,225 rounds of live ammunition. Uh, so about seven and a half months. Yeah. And the average of that is okay. 123 rounds a day. So it's like shooting a local matches worth of ammunition every single day for seven months, seven and a half, seven and months and change. Uh, and it's my first year that I kept track and shot this much. I know for a fact, I've never shot this many rounds in a year. Uh, my usual average is 15 to 20, maybe like, you know, but first of all, it's hard to shoot that much. I just want to let you know that, but no, I have a wrist injury. Uh, you know, I've had two wrist surgeries and I get bored. So I only shoot two to 250 rounds per session. Some days I'll do two in a day, but I don't do, never do more than 500. Never do I do more than 500 rounds in a day, ever, ever, ever. Usually it's two to 250. And uh, so I'm shooting you know, five times a week. What I'm getting at is if you are shooting in a way that replicates your average USPSA experience, you are going to get the exercise that directly applies to USPSA shooting. If you are uh, setting up drills and practice sessions that have you doing a lot of lateral movements, you're going to get better at doing lateral movements because exercise is just doing something so that you'll be better at doing that thing later. It'll be easier to do that thing. So if you're doing that thing a lot, you're going to build up those muscles. You're, you know, I, I'm being totally non-scientific here. I am not a kinesiologist or personal trainer of any sort. Uh, you're going to be better at those things, at least strictly because your body is more used to doing those things. You know, if you're practicing getting into low ports, if you're practicing drawing and running five yards straight ahead, you know, you're, you're practicing these physical, you're at minimum, you're going to be training your legs and your lower core. So you're, you're not your lower core, you're sorry, your, your core and your, your, your lower body to respond better for those demands on a stage. Uh, and I see that benefit most when it comes to entering positions and exiting positions. Uh, I won some stages at Ipsic Nats and I looked back in the video. I'm like, huh, how did I win those? Like my hits were the same. Where did the time come from? Where did I gain? Where was the flawless execution relative to my peers 
that I was able to win this stage. Yeah, it's marginal. It's a few percent. But it's notable. Like, why? Why did this happen? And I'm watching this like, oh, yeah, I was ready to shoot as soon as my, my foot stopped moving. I, I, I entered sta- you know, in a stable position. I entered this position, the gun's up, uh, pulling the trigger as soon as the gun clears that barricade. Whatever the case may be. So to answer your question, if you're doing the motions, you're physically training yourself. It's the point of physical training. You are training your body physically to do this thing that you think you're going to have to do later. And so, yeah, one of the best ways okay. to train for the sport is to train for the sport. Yes. I think there are some extra things people can do, especially if they don't have oh, yeah. um, a background oh, yeah. in athletics or something. You know what I mean? So in addition, to, to, to sum up what I'm saying is if you're lazy, but you know, physically, but you're doing this thing a lot, you're probably going to be at least okay doing the thing. Yeah. Agree. Now that's a lot that for you too, 123 rounds a day, the most rounds you've ever shot in a seven and a half month period at this point, are you like, all right, I'm going to take a month, two months. I'll wait till after the holidays and get back into it. Are you taking an off season? I program an off season in every year. Okay. Uh, financially, emotionally, and psychologically, I, I can't keep this up. Uh, it's not even just the, well, first of all, the weather. We're getting down below freezing every day here in northern Kentucky. Uh, I absolutely despise shooting in the cold. Uh, once it gets down below uh-huh. like 40, yeah, that's why I'm shooting rifle this weekend. You know, I'm not shooting pistol because I can wear gloves with rifle. But, uh, you know, it's it, I can't stand it. I just I, I feel like I'm slower on everything. If it's north of 40 degrees, 45 degrees, we could talk about it. But below those numbers, no thank you. I, I'm I'm not interested. Uh, I don't feel I'm competitive. I don't have a good time. So uh, secondly, I discovered something uh, after world shoot last year. Uh, I trained the hardest for world shoot, not round count wise, but investment wise, just also, you know, I dieted. I was so focused on it. Keep in mind, it was five years in the making. You know, I, I, I told my dad, like I told you earlier in 2016, I wanted to see where I end up. You know, and then Freaking six years after that, I was finally able to test it and finally able to see, oh, hey, hey, how good am I actually? You know, does this work out? So because COVID pushed the world shoot from 2020 to 21 and then 22. So I qualified in uh, 18 and 19 was supposed to shoot in 20 and that didn't happen. So I was getting strung along. But what I'm getting at is after world shoot last year, I basically had postpartum depression. Like, oh, wow. Like not even. Yeah, I, I was depressed. I was messed up after world shoot. I had the best time I could describe in Thailand and at world shoot. I achieved a goal. I took top 10. I placed 10th in open, you know, at over 90%, 93%, I think of, of Christian Seiler. Uh, and I did exactly what I wanted to do. You know, yes, where I take some tough back and change them. Sure, of course, who wouldn't? You know, I, I drink more caffeine, that's for damn sure. The jet lag killed me. 
But coming off of that, coming home and coming back to the grind, hey, this thing you've been working for for five years, it's over now. What do you do next? Right. And, and it screwed me up. And uh, so I'm getting at is having an off season can be dangerous uh, for me, but I have to program one in because I, I, I can't, I can't take it. You know, the cold, the scheduling, like, Oh yeah, you can shoot in Florida. We have majors all the time. Yeah. Screw you. I'm not flying to Florida to get my fix. Uh, you know, the, it, it's, it's all told. So no, I program an offshoot or offshoot off season for myself. <laughs> Uh, usually, and that's what pissed me off about Ipsic Nationals this year was the scheduling. It's like mid-November? Like, bro, that's right before Thanksgiving. I'm trying to be fat and lazy. I'm not trying to be prepped for a national championship. You know, like my my season is usually, uh, off-season is usually mid-October to mid-February. Four months. I take four months off, and that allows me the flexibility to change guns or to get guns worked on, to get guns built, to change parts out and then test them, you know, to screw around, to play video games, to do whatever I want. Um, you know, the season never ends in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's other things that are wrong in Florida too, but we're not going to go into detail. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, everyone needs a break. Um, and my wife would kill me if I didn't take a break from this stuff. You know, we're, it, we're human too. So like, no, and, and besides, we call it a sport. It, it's a game. It, it, it's what I'm do. What I do is tailored toward towards what I want to do and th- towards my goals, uh, namely world shoot and nationals. So, like, great example. Area eight fills up every year. You can make arguments that it hap- it fills up because of the ma- amazing match directors, because of the stages that are always you know are great and challenging and consistent, but it's also usually the last area championship before nationals or at least one of the nationals open nationals usually in particular. So if you look, if you look back at area eight participation, you'll notice that of the people on the open super squad, there's usually at least like six of them that shoot area eight because area eight is usually scheduled one to two weeks. I'm not saying that they're, they're, doing this on purpose. I'm just saying this is the way the calendar falls. Uh, what I'm saying is like, this is the last area match before national championship. So if you're trying to test yourself on how good you're going to do or against your peers, like this is a great example. That's the way I see it. I'm, this isn't like, we don't have some super squad, you know, group chat going on here. This is just the way it falls that that happens. So I tailor my schedule to shoot area eight. I've shot area eight every single year since I don't know, 16 or 17, something like that. Uh, I haven't missed it. And there are matches that, like, I haven't shot Illinois State since 2017 because it falls on the same weekend as Area 8 every single year. And I'd pri- I'm going to prioritize Area 8. So I- I'm not saying that other people make these decisions because of this. I'm just saying that if you look at the calendar and you're making the calendar similar to myself where you're planning out your year with your budget, with your willingness to travel, and with the Nationals calendar being in, prim- in primary focus. Okay. Uh, off the top of my head, June is Care Optics Nationals again. April yep. is Ipsic Nationals. So, Ipsic Nationals, I'm shooting open. So, up until April, I'm shooting open. After April, I'm shooting Care Optics. So, I'm going to try to find an area or a sectional in March, or sorry, not March, May, in May 
at minimum to shoot in carry optics. Go ahead. Area one. Area one. Okay. I'll have to yep. think of that. Uh, uh, I'm going to shoot that in carry in the division I'm about to shoot. So up till April, open. Okay. Up till June, carry optics. Up till September, uh, open again. And then I have flexibility after that in October. In October, you know, do I want to shoot single stack again, or I'm considering shooting uh, limited optics uh, in that just because that's where the heat's at. At the same time, I really want a single stack title. And it pissed rain the last day at single stack nationals and it was cold. And I think that's part of the reason I did poorly and I want, you know, revenge. Uh, Elias is a great guy, <laughs> but I'm this close to taking care of it in the parking lot. Uh, you know, I love that guy to death, but Jesus, man. Uh, All right. So I've yeah. got to, I've got to correct myself. So you, you, yes. Carry optics nationals again, end of June in Ohio, but you also have at the beginning of June, three weeks earlier, you do have area eight. Area eight's in June this year. It is three weeks before carry optics nationals. Yeah. I didn't even think to look. Yeah. June 6th in Bulger, Pennsylvania. And area one is May 16th. The Bulger pencil. I'll have to look into this. Thanks for reminding me. I got me and the wife always sit down and look at calendars in December for the next year. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Greater Pittsburgh gun club. That's, that's Bill Drummond's range. I was just out the, uh, out that way in July. It's a great range. It's going to be great. I uh, knew about this. I just forgot. An inside hookup has been leaking me videos of some of the stuff they have going on that they're prepping. I, I, I saw it in the Western Pennsylvania sectional uh, sliders yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Bill Drummond and I talked about it at Ipswich Nationals last weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. But, mm -hmm. uh, Bill is a damn resource. Okay. And, and he and I see eye to eye on a lot of things regarding equity and shooting challenges. Um, you know, it, <laughs> I am not a fan of the holy monkey target. Uh, I have been very vocal <laughs> about my dislike for the holy okay. monkey target. Okay. Uh, quick summary. I don't think it's as, it's as equitable as people think it is with regards to it being consistent from over day-to-day -day shooters. I don't think it is – I'm not going to say fair. I, I think it is harsh on people who are first to see it or first to shoot the stage. It doesn't act like we normally see activated targets move. Uh, and my most important point is that with a regular swinger, if I have to go, let's, let's assume that it's a fast swinger and it's one per pass. Okay. Okay. Uh, pass, pass, pass. And I shoot one, two, three, because I'm unconfident. I just paid the price for my lack of confidence and skill with about a second, we'll say. I paid okay. for my for that with a second. Holy monkey. First exposure, can't trust it. Second exposure, it wiggles. Bop, bop. I'm not confident in that. So either I take the mic or I wait like three more damn seconds. The penalty for the penalty for for, for unconfidence is much greater than your average activated target on a holy monkey. And I would very much like to see it removed from anything above level two. Okay. The, now I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. 
the fact that World Shoot had one has me very, very surprised. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I look at nationals as really it's a match for the super squads. Everybody else gets really? to come, gets to shoot and compare themselves to the top in the nation as it pertains to practical shooting. Okay. Okay. That that's how I look at it. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not advocating for anything ridiculous, but I, I do, I would like to see stages that, Again, not like handgun nationals, okay? Everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say not like handgun nationals, but some challenges, some challenges thrown in. And I think when when we're talking, and I'm going to say you guys on the Super you Squad, people. You, you people, people. you know what I'm talking about, you people, um, I, I think there should be challenges that, allow for some separation there and really test your skills. And I think I, I that is one of those things, but I get that if it's not consistent enough, then it wouldn't be fair to somebody. But I, I don't think confidence with shooting ability, and maybe I'm wrong here, is a thing for the most part on a super squad because you know you have the skills. Now it's Am I going to get my timing right? How am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know what I mean? That's how I feel. That's where you guys are. Well, that, that brings up another, another, another point I like to make real quick. I, and I agree with you. I, I call those passing lanes personally. Mm. Uh, you know, when you okay. have a passing lane uh, available, yeah. it's, Hey, do I want to take the risky approach to gain some points? And those, pa the passing lanes come into play more the last, uh, the last day than any other day. Yes. Uh, because if I'm behind by X point, you know, a small amount of points, I might take that passing lane, but that's the point. Uh, but um, world shoot, and this is non holy monkey related, but world shoot my last day had a stage where it was basically impossible to know the timing uh, for a, for a stage had a bobber. That was a very, very narrow uh, slit. You were going to see the bobber. You had to go to this position to shoot a static and a bobber and you had to shift your feet. So you're, you're retreating, coming back. And I, I, I can pull up the video, you know, but it doesn't matter. Long story short, the bobber had a very big delay of non-availability. Oh. So if you missed your window, I'm going to come in, I'm going to go static and then bobber. Bobber's not there. You're hosed. That's not skill based in my opinion that's not because, i agree because you you activated it like six seconds before you know you activated way away from this and and to be honest the more you separate an activated target from the activator uh the more i feel this way but like you said this is supposed to be a shooting challenge supposed to be a test of skill not not roll of the dice the more we get away right. from actual equity of Yes, it's equitable in that everyone was offered the same stage, same challenge. But, hey, man, you got hosed. I guess you're not winning the freaking championship. Har, har, har. We'll have, you know, well, that doesn't – screw that. What? No, that's not That's not what I signed up for. I, I don't want that. I don't want to win off of that either. I, I mean, you, you know, everyone knows that that's half bullshit. You know, you're, you're going to take the win whether you're, you think you earned it or not. But – you know what I'm getting at? You're, you're, yeah. The more you separate stuff like that, yes, you can have passing lanes without hosing people if they screw up the timing, or you know, to have the separation. Be I'm going to activate this target 30 yards on the left. 
I'm going to activate it. And then I'm going to shoot some stuff in the middle and then go over here. And it's got a two-second non-availability. And then whatever. Well, I just won the stage by a second and a half, two seconds, because it wasn't there for you. You know, I, it, that doesn't speak to me as being equitable. That doesn't speak to me as no, being... No, that's not. In, in, I agree in, with in, that. In yeah. So, so it, it's a you, spectrum. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a okay. spectrum. It's not a yes or no. It's a spectrum. The closer you get to one end, the the more I'm like, come on, man. Wait, really? So that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the point where I make the holy monkey comes into play with it. Go on. Okay. Go, go ahead. 2020, did you shoot the factory nationals by chance? It was carry optics and production. Yeah. And frostproof. Frostproof. Yes. I took 10th, I think, if I remember correctly. In carry optics or production? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, I remember I yes. was. At, <laughs> I remember that match because I got hosed by an activator. I remember that. Okay. Uh, let me. I'm going to pull it up. I'm yes, you up were 10th in carry optics. I bring that up because there was a stage, John, and maybe you'll remember. There were two pieces of steel, one in front and one behind with a window and a freaking bobber. And huh? I, that's the I, stage was, I got hosed on. Oh, is that the one? <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay. I hit the Colt Speed Steel. Oh, we, we could talk about this if you want. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I hit the Colt Speed Steel with chronographed 147 grain miner going 900. So it's like, it's just fine. Hit the activator. Look at the bobber window. Nothing. Go back to the bobber. Shoot it. And Tom Palmer was the RO on that stage. CRO. I love Tom Palmer. He's local to me. I see him all the damn time. He is a treasure in our sport. I want him to keep ROing because I love the way he does it. He's very matter-of-factly cut and dry kind of guy. But he walks up to the popper and goes, yeah, it was set kind of heavy. And, it, and, he had, and he adjusts the popper. After I, I, I shot it down under the rules, I'm, I'm screwed. I shot yes, it down, you, are. you know, uh, and that's another discussion we could have, but I'm not, not getting into it right now, but he adjusts it and then it's fine. It, it's calibrated correctly. I'm like, I have no recourse. Do I? Oh, uh, no. Uh. Yeah. And I just wanted to just throw a mag over the berm or something like that, or chuck my ear pro into a dumpster. Like, it's like you admit that, I didn't have the same target everybody else had. I got screwed and there's no way that we can walk this back. There's no way within the rules for nope. this to, to be made right. Cause you shot you it know, down. I shot it down. I own it. Yep. And every time something like this gets brought up, like the story I told about the, 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 the footfall earlier. Footfall, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the comments a lot of the comments were in the vein of it's a volunteer sport. You get what you, you get what you pay for, blah, blah, blah. It's not worth crying about. It's not this, that, or the other. And then half the comments are, you know, slightly different than that. And I'm like, which one is it? Which one is it? Do we, do we have a rule book? Do we have a standard? Do we hold people to that standard or do we not? And I know I'm a push this kind of cut and dry in that respect, but it's important to people. This is important. You can't tell people who spend this. Actually, no, I'm not going to bring up money into this. You can't tell people who invest this much of themselves 
into something. That applies to ROs, not just super squad fools like myself. Okay, like this applies to everybody. We invest so much in this. I'm on a podcast right now talking about practical shooting. You've invested something in this. All right. Oh yeah. And you're gonna tell me, look me in the eye and say, tell me like deal with it. It's not blah blah. No, this is something we should change. This is something we should look at, assess, and make a reasonable change to. If the, if if we did deem that this is an issue, we can change it. We have the power. It's our sport. It's our thing. And and this is where I think a very simple rule change could come into play. You could keep the other rule in effect with one slight adjustment, and that being stop the shooting, the CRO pull the other ROs aside, take 30 seconds to discuss it, and I bet they would be willing to say, yes, John got hosed, let's give him a reshoot, let's adjust the steel, shoot everybody else, John can shoot at the end. That, to me, is a reasonable outcome for that stage. You'd have someone argue left or right, and that's fine. I, I, I agree with you that something should and probably could be done. I don't want to throw forward, you know, my own suggestions about how. But yeah, it, it doesn't take uh, a CRO or a range master to look at a situation as described. He shot the steel; it didn't go down. I assessed the steel as set, and it was set pretty heavy. If I had walked up to the steel steel before he shot, I probably would have adjusted it. And to be able to say, hey, we're going to give you a reshoot. There's evidence uh, great, greater than uh, what, what's the civil court? Uh, more, more likely than not, uh, preponderance of evidence. There's preponderance okay. of evidence that you got hosed. Yes. So we're going to assess yeah. that. There, there's room to, to, to play with that, both in how it's written and, and well, it can be abused as well. But that's beside the point. I, I agree with you. And, and it's... The core of the matter is that until and unless we are assessing things from a reasonable point of view and then making changes to the rule book once we've made those assessments. And that's one of the hardest parts. I've had a conversation with ROs about this, usually with me being super heated in the moment, like, ah, you know, uh, <laughs> being aggravated. But like, it's not just. It's not enough to say we have a problem. There has to be a reasonable solution too. So this isn't working. Well, what's your, what's your, what's your suggestion? And it's like, well, that doesn't work because X, Y, Z. That doesn't work because of A, B, C. It's like, well, shit, maybe, maybe what we have isn't that bad. You know, that can happen. And, and having an open mind to understand that is important as well. Uh, like steel calibration, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to say details, but I've asked the question recently. How many times was that steel been calibrated or challenged, calibration challenged in this match? And they look at me and they go like five or seven, something like that. I'm like, does that strike you as a high number? Yes, it does. Okay. Where do we go from there? Well, we've adjusted it. We've done this. That, that's like, and, and, and shortly after that, I, I made a post uh, on my personal Facebook about, uh, about if a steel has a possibility to be shot and then fail, like if it has the capability to be shot twice and then fail, you know, get reset, like a forward following, like that is a range equipment failure. That piece of steel should be replaced, period. You know, 
and, and that kind of logic, I think, it should be encouraged. It's been calibrated five times. It's been challenged. Someone's gotten hosed, at least in that shooter's perspective, multiple times over a three-day match. That should say something. That should make people go, hmm, maybe this ain't right. Maybe it's weather. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. Don't care. It, it's something that needs to get assessed. You know, like it's uh, years ago, there was a big, big hubbub at Frostproof. Maybe that Nationals we were just talking. No, no, it was, it was the year before where, you know, I shot some stages and I was resetting the steel on the stage. And I'm like, man, this is set kind of heavy. I tell the RO, and he's like, ah, it's been fine all day. We'll reset it. We'll check it after lunch. And I look at him and I go, I'm shooting major, man. I'm shooting 124 grain going 1400 feet per second. Pretty confident I'm going to knock that sucker down. My friends on the squad behind me shooting carry optics are not shooting major, and I'd hate to see them have a bad day because of your lack of attention. Oh, no, well, it hasn't been a problem. They got screwed. And Mm. from that moment forward, it has been my mission from God, whatever you call it, to to preach that if you're an RO on a stage, the steel is your responsibility. And that is becoming more mainstream, and I'm happy to hear that. I'm glad to see it. Steel is the most – paper is hard to screw up. You staple it to a stick. Steel is a mechanism. It's an object. It needs to work as, a, as intended. It needs to be inspected and assessed and maintained. That is the core I'm coming from. I want to shoot the same stage everybody else shoots. I want to do better at it. I want to beat them at it. That does not mean I want them or myself to get screwed because of it. If we can control it and reasonably assess it and maintain it, I'd love for that to happen, and I'd like to encourage it. I, I tend to agree with you on on all that stuff, and I feel like we've been talking about JJ's life for the last year and a half or so, with squibs and and cracked barrels and steel that won't fall. Um, but um, I, I want to get back into. I, go ahead. <laughs> I I could say some things, but I'm, I love the guy to death. Yeah, I, it's hard not to it, like the guy. Mid-2014, I was shooting the Level 1 state championship in Alaska. JJ flew up. He'd teach a class and shoot the match. He won open with a bone stock CZ-75 shooting 15-round mags. Like the, big, the term big fish, small pond doesn't do it justice. But I'll never forget the man. because This is almost 10 years ago now, by the way, because I'll never forget his words to me. I was shooting limited with a stock uh, Dawson Precision Edge, shooting limited. And like I said, I was really into powerlifting at the time. And he saw me shoot and he walks up to me and he goes, hey, man, are you trying to turn that double stack into a single stack? Because <laughs> I've, got, I've got both forearms. Like I said, I, I'm benching like close to 400 pounds at the time at 5'8 and a buck 80. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not healthy in the, you know, as you think of it, I'm putting way too much time into pushing iron at the time. I wish I could get back into it that easy. You know, hey, when you, don't abuse your 20s, kids. Um, but uh, I had forearms popping, you know, doing all this. And I'll never forget that. He was great. He was supportive. He was positive. And I saw him a year later when I moved down to lower 48. And he remembered me. He remembered me. And there was just a big, like, swelling. I, I watched him on Top Shot a little bit. And, like, I saw him. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah, JJ told me some cool words. You know, and I see him a year later. And he remembers me. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. And now I get to shoot with him. And it's great. He's a great individual. And it pains me to see what you just described happen. Yeah. Um, 
I don't want to say much more than that. He's, he's a great individual. I, I hope he gets stuff figured out because he, yeah. Keep in mind for, for, for the kids in the group in 2018 in the nine days of nationals, this man, this was a three day match followed by a three day match followed by a three day match. There were no breaks. This is nine consecutive days of shooting. He shot all three championships. He won open. He won limited, and he took second in production. And he won limited with a borrowed gun. Wow. The man is a beast and has worked yes, harder he than is. I think probably anybody else out there. And he showed it. Maybe he was on steroids that year. I have no information left or right. But, <laughs> but I'm just, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, I, I wouldn't have passed a piss test 10 years ago. I'm just saying. Uh, but, you know, the – the guy's a beast and he works his ass off and he's yeah. extremely motivated, intelligent individual in this sport. And he should be a, he's a national treasure at this point, but come on, man, bring, bring, bring stuff that like works better, I guess. I, yeah. I, and I'm definitely I, not throwing heat because I, I, I like no, the guy too much. He's, but. he's a better shooter than I am. I, I have no problem admitting that. Yeah, I aspire he's, he's to be like point. JJ both in, in appearance and uh, skin tone and, <laughs> Uh, shooting <laughs> and a great i don't know how the dude was laughing and jovial after having a squib at nationals knowing that you basically you know you no longer had a chance to win the match and but he kept the uh, at least on the exterior yeah I mean, he was happy i'm sure he was hurting but. It, and this is all supposition this is all – I just want to say that right now. This is not based off any conversation I've had with JJ or facts I have. But if I remember correctly, at the time the squib happened, I don't think – I think he was a roughly equal with me, maybe a little bit further behind. I don't know. I definitely didn't have any aspirations of winning at that point. Or, or it was unlikely, I'll say. You know what I mean? Like with the way the point spread was going into the third day, you know, you can do math. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you're 20 points behind. Sure. Especially if shit right. can happen, you know, 40 points behind. Yeah. Shit can happen. Unlikely. But I think I was way more than that. And it's like, yeah, I'm fighting for top five at this point, you know, like, and I think he, I think he was in a similar boat. Um, but yeah, like if you, we could probably pull it up pretty quick here. It was, uh, well, it was impressive still that, he fought his way back into the top 16. Oh, hundred percent. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up yeah. where, you know, it was a 120 point course that he zeroed because of the squib. Let's do the math real quick. Right. Cause I think even. Open a PCC nationals view all. 33 area five. Carry out national presented by federal. It's loading. Let's see. But yeah, I don't think it was, you know, you know what I mean? I, I could be very wrong here, but it definitely plays with your head, period. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, sponsor share right here. One of the reasons why I shoot shell shot cases in open uh, is because I had a case failure of nine and nine major way back in the day. Uh, and uh, it's, cost me cost me the match or it cost me the, the hope of the match and uh, it's not pulling up that sucks 
hmm. pull up handy any competitor app. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 a there's a lot that goes into it, but he clawed his way back to top ten, and that by itself was impressive. I mean the yeah the, the like I said, the guy works his ass off, and it shows. Right. Anyway, while you look for that, I want to um, uh, I want to get back into the yeah. training stuff real quick. Now, if you normally take a break from mid October, so your off season runs mid October to mid February, what are you doing starting mid February to get back into the flow of training? What does your training look like well, that, uh, at that point? So uh, I, I consider. Oh, there it is. Let's see. Uh, JJ finished 16th this year in carry optics with 1870. Yep. And if he had 120 points back, that would be 1990 points. And he would have taken fourth. He would have beaten me. If he had won that stage, he would have taken fourth. So that's what that was worth. That was 12 right. places for him. Had he that won stage it, was 12 right. places. Had he won it, which is, right, you know, so basically instead of taking fourth or fifth, he ended up in 16th. 16th, right. So, but uh, to answer that question, really it's weather dependent. Um, I'll start shooting locals more or maybe I've, you know, I was talked into beginning of this year. I was down in Florida to visit the home office anyway and Florida State was going on that same weekend. And I'm like, Okay, why not? I'll, I'll almost no preparation, you know. Grab my carry optics gun, make sure the ammo made minor. Shot a local match three days before the big match, where my optic flew off because I suck at loctiting things. Uh, <laughs> shooter's connection next day, air me a new plate because uh, I stripped it out and then won the match. I'm really proud of that match, actually. If I had been shooting open with my carry optics gun, I would have been fourth or third open at like 94%. It was great. Uh, yeah, I, I shot really well. And I'm... Anyway, but no, uh, I, I usually try to find a major around that time period to, to, to lead up to. Or Sorry, step one is I form my calendar. And then, then I'll base my prep schedule off of that. And the running joke I have is give me two weeks and I can learn anything or, or not learn any gun. Is what not learn anything. Uh, okay. You know, and people have mentioned, oh, you're, you're competitive with 2011s, 1911s, and, and, and carry optics. Like, how do you do it changing platforms? And I say, like, I don't change platforms. I, a CZ 75, a, C, a Shadow 2 is pretty close grip angle wise to 1911. So I, I choose my platforms based on what I'm used to uh, to ease the transition. Uh, but I've shot the rounds already. I, I've, I've done the prep. Anytime people talk about, you know, getting prepped in the season, at, at least for me, it, it's not about relearning from scratch. It's about knocking the rust off and having mm -hmm. at least a few weeks to put some rounds down range, relearn the gun, retrust the gun, relearn, make sure my equipment works, make sure my equipment is uh, rock solid with reliability. Uh, especially... Uh, where that really comes into play is I usually, if I'm going to make changes, I make them in the off season. So if I'm, uh, you know, not, not ammo as much as belt, uh, pouches, hanger, setup, holster, 
uh, you name it in that regard, I'll make changes in the offseason. I'll buy it in the offseason, set it up, and I'm playing with it in dry fire in the offseason. Uh, and then I'm integrating it as I get into live fire. Uh, but once again, I have my own range. You know, I can go out back, whether it's – and I can, I can chrono out my window next to my press. Uh, it's it's not so much as I use the – you know, I'm not doing anything in the offseason. It's that I'm not – putting a hundred percent effort, time and energy and money into it in the offseason. Gotcha. So, all right. So we'll, we'll go back then. And, um, so next year's carry optics end of June. What does your, if you're picking up in, in February and you're looking to hit a major match, like in May, like you were saying, what April. what are you okay april what are you doing between april and june to ramp up for nationals are you ramping up your live fire or dry 100%. fire and live fire okay yep uh especially with care so this year as a reference i shot 5k a month in the two months leading up to carry optics because it's very similar schedule uh, as what we're going into next year next year is very similar to 2024 is very similar calendar wise to 23. So I'm probably mm-hmm. just going to follow the same thing. Shoot 10. Um, hey, I'm, I'm going to shoot 10 K in two months. So about 1250 rounds a week. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's is just, that, that's, is that's, that, go ahead. That's six sessions of 250. Okay. Now do you that's, do any dry fire or is at this point it's all just live fire? Oh, I do almost zero dry fire. And, that, and I'm going to admit that's stupid. Uh, I have ADHD or some, you know, something. I, I have trouble with focus. Um, it's easy for me to, to jump on the ATV and go out back a minute, you know, drive a minute on the ATV, shoot for 45 minutes, and then come home. And I am working that entire time. I am in the zone. I'm, I'm shooting. I do a little bit of dry fire when I'm on the range doing that. That that's I'm not gonna say it's easy for me. Like executing it is easy. I mean, it's easy for me to commit to that and make it happen. And it does happen because it interests me. It keeps me engaged. It gets me excited, uh, especially with someone at my level where I, I I know that I could pick up a gun and do decent, at least half decent. You know, right. you know I'm I'm not I'm not learning anymore as much as I'm refining. I'm. And then that, that I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that someone who I greatly respect, namely probably JJ or Nil or someone like that could set me down and tell me how wrong I am with that statement. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm wrong by saying that I'm not claiming to be, you know, the, the mystical man on the mountain giving, passing out wisdom, ignore dry fire, only live fire, throw all of your money at ammunition and you'll win a national championship. No, I'm not saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying is that I can commit to that. I can afford it currently anyway, and I like it. And my neighbors haven't complained yet. So uh, it's what I do. And this year was the first time I really pushed it really super hard to the 30K limit. Pri- previously, it was a little bit of dry fire. So this was a different year. I, I was much busier this, this uh, the last few years than, than prior uh, in, in my life. But yeah, it's it's not that I'm advocating for that. It's that that's what I did. And that's what I'm probably going to mostly continue doing 
because it didn't hurt me. I've had the best year on record for myself this year. So obviously it wasn't causing problems. You know, I can count. Right. I didn't have any malfunctions, you know, that could be attributed to something I was aware of. I put rounds through the, my, all my guns to uh, an extent that you that's I've shot more rounds this year than most five people put together shooting their lifetime. You know, I, I, that's not to brag. That's a fact that means something. It doesn't mean nothing. Does it mean as much as if I had invested an extra a half hour, hour of dry fire every day to, along with it? No, but I also know I wouldn't have kept that up. Okay. You know, so. Yeah, right. You're more same. motivated to do the, the live fire than the dry fire. I get it. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, uh, people, the discussion comes up, hey, should I buy this new gun? I think it would help me. I think it's better. Well, if you think so, you're right. Sure. Go for it. Because at minimum, if you're excited about that new gun, you think it's cool. You think it's neat. You like it. You're going to have it in your hand more. You're going to want to shoot it more. You're going to yep. want to dry fire and train with it more to the point that you are a better shooter with that gun. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not saying go about buy a new gun. Actually, I am. Go out, buy a new gun, get it from Shooter's Connection. Uh, you know, I, I, that's what I am saying. I am saying that it'll make you a better shooter 100%. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's it part of a psychology. Like, I'm not going to go out and buy new guns. I have my competition guns. I'm going to keep shooting them until they break. So I need to find a way to motivate myself because just going out running, doing the same thing and expecting different results is insanity. So, but yeah, dry fire is boring to me. I don't like it. I, I get so it. I don't do it. Okay. You got to do maybe, what motivates you. Maybe so. that's the wrong answer. I'm sure it's the wrong answer. I have myself to blame. Not <laughs> But the answer is different for everybody. So for hmm. you, that's what works. Dry fire is a no cost slash low cost, very low cost way to maintain or improve. It is also very boring to me. So if that gives your listeners a piece of my uh, stupid brain, then, then so be it. But uh, yeah. All right. What are your thoughts on the um, standings from Ipsic Nationals? Oh, let me pull them up so I know what I'm any, talking any about. Any surprises? Because you've got yes. Brian Jones. Okay. Yeah. And I, 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 I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I couldn't be happier with who won open. Like okay. besides myself, obviously I want, obviously I wanted to win. I wouldn't have been there if I didn't want to win. Right. Of but course. I've known Brian Jones five years, six years. I've never seen him frown. He's always positive. He's happy. For those of you who don't know, George, uh, George Jones, a longstanding, hardworking RO is Brian Jones's father. Uh, both of them are doctors. I know Brian's a doctor. He's an eye doctor in California. Uh, I can't remember if George is a doctor or not. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, okay. So, you know, Dr. Jones, you know, Indiana, Indiana Jones uh, reference is always, always welcome. But uh, no, I, 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 I had a, a shitty middle of my match and I had a great start and a great end. So I, I kind of knew I wasn't going to win, you know, so I was like, eh, I did it myself, but uh, I wanted to see how, how far I could go. But Mike Huang 
beating me, like I told him, screw off, I hate you. Uh, but he worked his ass <laughs> off for it. Uh, and, but Brian Jones winning was great, man. I, it's, it's a, I think it's his first national title in any way, shape or form. And the amount of people I got comments of or messages like, who the hell is Brian Jones made me even happier. You know, I just, the, the guy is the kind of person you want to see win. Just someone who's happy about it, who worked hard, has been working for a long time. Yeah, you know, he, he, you know, he, let me surprise you. You want to know what kind of gun he shot? What? Caspian. Oh, really? Yeah. Caspian. Wow. He's the only guy I know running around shooting a Caspian. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Brian Jones won. KC Sebio took second. Uh, Mike Huang yeah. took third, right behind KC. Uh, myself in fourth. Uh, production, Mason Lane. Uh, I feel like he had a, a shitty uh, production nationals. Like he had a poopy face on when I saw him. So good to see him you know, coming ahead. Uh, maybe he just needed some more BBs, you know, but uh, 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 happy for that. That's it was. I'm not going to say it was surprising. The guy works his ass off. He's an L10 champion uh, as well as, wait, I know he's a limited champion uh, multiple times. I can't remember if he's L10 or not. Uh, production optics, uh, Jacob Hetherington at the top with Jay Beal uh, about four and a half percent behind, uh, and Nils right behind Jay Beal. Uh, Hetherington, I shot with Hetherington. The guy beat me on more than one stage. Okay, and I like stages I felt good about, and he's like, "Yeah, I just shot all the alphas a little bit faster than you." Like, bro, like, where, where this is where my tax dollars are going to to allow you? To, okay, I guess I guess it's a decent amount, a decent place for it to go his, but, uh, Beal, oh, sorry. his time in that match was ridiculous he was three seconds faster than you overall in that match i had him. yeah yes he was i i, I had yeah and i could tell, tell you where that came from that neither here nor there he, he did better than yeah he, he did amazing, he did amazing. yeah that's I will say crazy this, i will say go this ahead. he was not penalty free Okay. I, I was. That's why I say that. I, I uh, <laughs> but uh you gotta take a win where you can get it. Yeah, exactly. Uh Johnny won standard. I got to watch him do it. He was on fire. It was amazing. Uh that kid is going places. Uh classic Jeff Cawthon. Uh he's always been good. Uh I, I didn't watch him shoot or anything, but congrats to him, definitely. Uh, uh with John McClain and Tim Heron taking the second and third. Revolver, I have no frame of reference. Zach Smith went in PCC. I mean, looking at the field as I see it, I probably could have called that. I did not call that initially, and I wasn't looking, wasn't paying attention. Zach Smith has been a hard charger in PCC for a long time. Very high energy, uh, positive personality on the range. But no, uh, I'll tell you, uh, to, to kind of round out the, the show, I will tell you something. Uh, 2022 Open Nationals. I took fourth at 98.2 or 3%. So four people at 98 in 1.7%. Right. And, and, and Aaron yeah. Adams won with less than, less than two points separating him from JJ uh, in open. You know, just crazy com compressed top of the field there. I took fourth. Siler took third. JJ took second. And Aaron Adams won the match. And uh, – I, I was penalty free and I was also at like 95% of points. And like, I was very accuracy, a, a zone focused that match. I was leading up to world shoot. That's what I was shooting. I was 
shooting only IPSC targets and training. And I was hammering, you know, mm. training for that. And it showed right. in open nets. I was the closest I've ever been to winning at that match, you know, percentage wise and, and overall points wise. But someone messaged me after the match. And they said, Hey man, did you know that if everyone was shooting minor, you would have won? Because I was penalty free, 95% of points. And my first thought was, what the hell are you trying to say? Like, what do you, what do you want me to do with that information? Like, are you trying to make me feel bad? Because you're kind of making me feel bad. It's like, I'm going to assume you're not trying to make me feel bad because that would be kind of a dick thing to do. So I'm going to assume that you're asking this and, you know, uh, you know, being, you know, what's the word? Uh, you know, I'm going to take it at face value, I guess, you know, I'm not going to read into it too much. It's like, no, I was not aware of that. And like my grandpa used to say, and if a dog's asshole was square, he'd shit bricks. Okay. <laughs> if woulda, coulda, shoulda, it's cool to, to look at and analyze. It doesn't mean anything because it didn't happen. You know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm reading too much into it. I'm, I'm getting too upset about something that I shouldn't get upset about, but it's just like, Seriously, man, like, what are you trying to, to get me to say here? Like, like, yeah, it's bullshit. Major should go away. No, no that's, that's not how this works. That's, that's not how any of this works. Uh, <laughs> right. But no, it's, uh, I, I think that you can really, without looking at individual stages and performance and I said, just looking at percentages doesn't tell the whole story, but it can tell a story. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it's always yep. interesting. Is especially the more you know the individual shooter and how they shoot and, and what their track record is. Uh, I'm glad that I'm developing a reputation for finishing at the, at the top. Uh, I've my, my worst placement at a nationals this year was fourth. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll trip and fall into a win next year. Uh, but I'm not going to stop probably until that happens. And I think that's a good way to attack it. But yeah, man, it's uh, it, Oh, it's always interesting looking at, to see who won and and uh, digging into the data. It's it's one of the one of yes. the cool things about the sport. And practice score has made that very easy, uh, easily attainable. All right, so kind of as to use your terms to round this out, what are your goals, your personal goals in practical shooting? I want to win a nationals at minimum. Okay, I, I'm committed to competing at one more world shoot at minimum. Uh, I would like to win that one. I'm not knowing what I know about myself and my own abilities. I'm not going to put too much on myself for that. Uh, I, I am definitely focused and I'm setting myself up. I've already set myself up. Uh, Siler has the most points. I have the second most points for the open national team. I would love, absolutely love to represent the United States of America at the next world shoot. Um, I would love to earn that. I would love to be the best, one of the best choices for that team not just through no other, no one else showed up. I want to be, I want to prove that I'm, I should be on the team and represent past that. I don't know. Uh, I, I want to be a national champion. Like I said earlier, I want my name next to that, that title for my own personal selfish, selfish reason, reasons past that. I, I don't think I'm going to stop shooting. I mean, I have enough primers on my shelf for three more years of competing at what I'm doing now. So I got to use them up somehow, but I don't know that I, I definitely can't continue at this level forever. Uh, 
not even the financial side, but the physical side. But uh, yeah, it's personal goals that are winning nationals. Uh, okay. You know, area matches are excellent. They're amazing. They're great. Uh, but that doesn't. There's not a Wikipedia entry for area champions. There is oh. for nationals, and my, my my name is on the Wikipedia entry now for for multiple nationals in uh for USPSA now. If you type in USPSA nationals Wikipedia and go there and control F leaguer, I'm there several times, and that by itself is like very fulfilling. Like I I got part of what I wanted, you know, with that by itself. But that's not where I want to end the story. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> Well, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we close this thing down that we didn't? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for people who are, you know, wanting to progress in practical shooting, taking a step back can be your best bet. Having another person look at your videos and your results is great. Pursuing outside training. Uh, Tim Heron is a good friend of mine. I couldn't, I've seen him train people and I, I have no problems whatsoever recommending people to seek him out to, to, to attend his, his classes. Uh, at the end of the day, you get what you put in. Okay. There is an aspect of natural ability in this, this sport game, what have you, but you get what you put in. Don't expect to get more out of it than you put into it. Um, and it, your reasons for being on the range don't have to be anybody else's. They can be your own, but man, be on the range with a good attitude. And I think you're going to have a good time. This, this sport's not going away. It, yeah, you know, say what you want about USPSA or whatever. Practical shooting in this country is not going away. So it'll still be here when you come back to it if you need to take a break. Don't be like me and get your head wrapped too hard around it to the point where you – like I said, I, I, I had freaking depression about this stuff, man. Like I got in my own head about it. Like that, that's, that's not fun. That's not good. You know, like you can take it – like anything else, you can take it too far. But, man, have fun out there. Half the battle is the people. You know, I, I can name several names that of people I love shooting with, competing with and against, and they're no longer on the range. They're still around. I still talk to them here and there, but they're not out there anymore. So this is this is a very this is a time in your life. It could be a very long time in your life, but it's it's gonna get to the point where maybe you put it down for a while, put it down forever, and that's okay. And uh but it's a great, great time with people like minded while you're here. Uh, on that note. Uh, my personal sponsors, obviously, and I should, you know, rep my sponsors. Uh, Rafferty Custom Guns. Been Pat Rafferty's my best, one of my best friends uh, in this in this world, really, not just the sport. Uh, he makes an amazing firearm. Shellshock Technologies has been sponsoring me since 2017. Two piece cases, uh, steel and aluminum. Check them out. Look into what they're uh, they're about. Mark Seven Reloading. We have the Genesis Press All in One Automated Reloading Press coming out in the next few months. I know we had delays. It's going to be awesome. I promise. Uh, as well as Titan, if you're in the commercial loading space, is hitting the ground running here very soon. Uh, and other than that, you know, Seymour Technology, uh, Seymour Systems, excuse me. Uh, I have six or seven of those dots on all my guns. I have, don't plan to change anytime soon. They're great dots. And uh, yeah, uh, LA Police Gear and Shooters Connection are some great uh, uh, options for apparel and for all your shooting needs. So, And uh, I am available on Facebook, uh, John Vlieger Shooting. V L I E G E R John Vlieger shooting uh, on Facebook and on Instagram. I am at go shoot win. So love to 
Love to see you pop a comment or shoot me a message if you have questions. Uh, I try to be approachable. And I might not get to you back to you immediately, but I will get back to you. Other than that, man, hope to see you on the range, Dave, as well as our listeners out there. And uh, Yes. Yeah. Good hope stuff. Thanks for, having, thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on, John. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs>